The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good, and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense have you? Do not, do not the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So, be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. It's not even the end of February, and I have to say that it has been a strange year so far. There's a lot going on, not only here in Bloomington, but in our country and in our world. It's a strange and perhaps interesting or difficult time, depending on your perspective. But something happened this week, something magical, something marvelous, something wonderful, that many of you might have even missed, that made me start to, I guess, renewed my hope in what God has in store for us. And that is that this week's spring training opened. <laughs> I love baseball. I love Major League Baseball. I grew up in St. Louis, so I'm a diehard Cardinal fan. My father was a season ticket holder for almost 30 years. So we grew up, and if you've ever been to St. Louis in the summer, there's not a lot to do. So you go to a baseball game. And I love baseball. There's just something wonderful, magical, and marvelous about it. And I could go on for, I could write a book about my love of baseball. In fact, I used to write a blog about it. But here's the thing about baseball that I want to highlight for today. There's one thing about baseball that I think makes it the most fun sport, the most interesting sport, is that anything can happen over the course of a baseball season or the course of a single baseball game. For instance, last year the Cubs won the World Series. That's incredible. That, it hadn't happened in 108 years. They won the World Series. Anything can happen now in baseball over the course of a season. All right? Not only that, but in the course of one game, someone who is not a good player can do something that no one else or very few people in the history of the game have ever done. And that happened on June 2nd, 2010. Armando Galarraga, who I bet no one else in this church, unless you're a diehard Detroit Tiger fan, has heard of, was one out away from pitching a perfect game 
which is considered to be one of, if not the rarest accomplishments for a pitcher or for any player in baseball, to retire in order all 27 players that come to bat. It's only happened about 23 times in the history of Major League Baseball. And Armando Galarraga was one out away from a perfect game. And he got the guy to ground out, or to ground between first and second. The first baseman goes, fields the ball, waits, tosses the ball to Armando, who catches the ball, steps on first, just ahead of the runner. And he starts to celebrate. His whole team starts to celebrate, and then they stop. The ump missed the call. Called him safe. On the 27th out of a perfect game, the reason that there's not 24 perfect games in Major League history is because the ump made a mistake. And Armando's teammates were livid. But you know what? In all of that, Armando Galarraga was the epitome of a gentleman. The epitome of gracious and kind. In fact, he went to the umpire's clubhouse after the game to forgive the umpire, to say, it's okay. We all make mistakes. And the next day at the game, when the ump, who was, you know, they rotate around the bases, he was at first base that day before, he was at home plate the next day, he came out and was on the verge of tears because he was so devastated about his own mistake. Armando Galarraga brought out the game card and gave him a pat on the shoulder. And that guy umped the game today. And he was grateful, the umpire was grateful to Armando Galarraga. Now, I remember Armando Galarraga as well as any of the other pitchers who have ever thrown a complete or a perfect game. And this is the thing about perfection. Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And we sometimes think that perfection has to do with my job, with my friendships, with all of these things that are, you know, earthly, all of these things that are temporal. But perfection is so much beyond that. We think of perfection perhaps in a way that God does not intend for us to think of perfection. In Greek, the word that St. Matthew uses here is teleo, which comes from the noun, which, means, or which is telos, which means the end, the goal. So in Latin, St. Jerome builds on that and uses the word perfectus, which again, we can think perfection, right? Well, no, perficio, the verb that that comes from, again, it talks about being completed, having that thoroughness of completion, that everything is done for that exact end. So for us, perfection is about being oriented and ordered toward our end, toward what we've been created for. And what have we been created for? What have we been created for? We have been created for happiness. And happiness is union with God in heaven. And so perfection for us is about orienting and ordering and challenging our entire life to be focused on what God has created for us. Each one of us, each one of you has been created to be with God in heaven. That is why you were made. And to be perfect is to try and order our life in that way. And it is difficult. It's exceedingly difficult. I can think of a million reasons why I'm not perfect, and yet we strive toward that. St. Thomas Aquinas helps us to understand not only that we're made and ordered toward heaven, toward our relationship with God that is eternal and without limit, but that the way in which we can do that here on earth is by building the good habits, by trying to find those ways in which we are, we're erring, those ways in which we're not our best self, and by developing the opposite habit, by developing the virtue, 
So as we hear in the gospel today, instead of meeting evil with evil, we meet it with love. Instead of meeting injustice with injustice, we meet it with justice. We are called to reorder, reorient this entire world, our entire world, toward that eternal relationship with God in heaven that we were created to have. And you're probably saying, Father, this is impossible. The only two people who have ever been perfect were Jesus and Mary. No one else in the history of the world has been perfect. Isn't God holding us to a high standard? Too high of a standard. To each of you I say, stop being ridiculous. Because St. Paul tells us today, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in you through your baptism. Nothing is impossible for God. Jesus says in John 10.10, I came so that you might have life and have it to the fullest. Not only that, does he give us himself and the Holy Spirit at our baptism, he feeds us with himself. We are always in the, we're always capable, we're always in, we always have this possibility because God continues to give it to us. We have to recognize that our perfection is not something we do, but something we become. It's not something I earn, but something I receive from God. It is a gift. And I have that capability because He died for me. And He loves me so much that He gives him, us, He gives me Himself and the Holy Spirit. And that I can be perfect. I can be perfect and I can try and orient my entire life toward Him. And that's what He asks each of us today. So each one of us, we need to do that examination of conscience. What in my life is holding me back from perfection? What do I put ahead of God? What do I put ahead of love of neighbor? What do I put in the way? And invite God into that. To ask God for his help because he will give it. St. Paul says later in the, letter to the uh, first letter to the Corinthians that we are never tested beyond the grace that God gives us. Entrust these things to the Lord. Entrust your struggles. Follow after Him. Love Him. And be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect.